Welcome to the Oak Tree Institute podcast, the podcast designed to serve nonprofit and community leaders. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Uh, welcome to session number four of our Community uh, Leaders Ramadan Prep Series with Oak Tree Institute. Uh, very excited and very happy to be uh, welcoming a dear friend and, and uh, a great colleague in the space of serving the Muslim community. Uh, brother Nadim, Nadim, how are you doing, brother? Assalamu alaikum. Doing very well. How are you doing, Rami? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, supporting this initiative for us. Um, I want to introduce Nadim to everybody. So Nadim, Nadim Riaz is currently the Global Director of Business Development with LaunchKid. Um, he also serves as an adjunct uh, professor of business. Uh, he received his MBA in management with a strategic focus on uh, uh, development and finance uh, from a California State University. Uh, he resides in the South uh, South California, Southern California region. He's worked tremendously, done tremendous amounts of work in the Muslim community with many different kinds of organizations. Uh, and now he really helps many of the nonprofits in our community learn how to leverage uh, the online world to be able to generate really important revenues and really important uh, finances uh, to, uh, to inspire and push their missions forward and their work forward. Uh, so inshallah ta'ala, he's here to share some w- wisdom with us. Uh, how is the Ramadan gear up for you all at launch, good Nadim? Alhamdulillah, uh, that's the, the million dollar question nowadays, right? Uh, it's going great, it's going great, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, launch good, not like every organization, is focused on Ramadan from the day after Eid, right? We're mm-hmm. a year-round fundraising platform, but naturally Ramadan is, uh, how do you want to say it? The Super Bowl, uh, the World Cup, all revolved, pushed into one. So a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of excitement because we've been working on a lot of new things, uh, but still anxious because every Ramadan has been so unique, right? In the pandemic, post-pandemic, but overall, alhamdulillah, we're feeling confident. MashaAllah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And y'all are one of those orgs that really pulls a lot of data and information. Like you're able to see really what's happening in the online space from a, a donation perspective and kind of how things are growing in the Muslim community. Can you just give us a quick macro overview of how um, that landscape has shifted since the pandemic to today, uh, the online space and how fun development is? Absolutely. Uh, Rami, I think you hit it, you know, direct on is is data is key, right? Everybody, no matter what you're fundraising for, the key focus is data, right? If we can look at data, if we can assess data, if we can see how month to month trends are, are changing, it allows us to shift our focus as organizations, whether you're nonprofit, for-profit, individual or massages. Um, in regards to the landscape right now is, you know, I've said this before is, you know, the pandemic really pushed organizations 10 years forward, right? Um, everybody was planning to go online. We were all fighting it, trying to stay in person, trying to stay simple in our processes as long as possible. But what the pandemic did is it forced us outside of our comfort zone and made us move online, right? And now one thing, you know, two years later, we've seen is organizations have understood that even when things open back up, which inshallah they do, and inshallah this coming Ramadan, they will be, online is still here to stay. Right, um, it expands your it expands your reach. It opens up doors you didn't have before, and and donors have the comfort to be able to give, you know, from the comfort of their home. Right, we don't have to 
hold our donors at ransom inside fundraising halls anymore, but rather we can tell our story and reach them in the comfort of their living rooms. So we're anticipating on seeing more donations this Ramadan than we have in the past two years. And the reason for that being is the access, is the reach, and the Mm. fact that donors in Ramadan give more than once. Okay, yeah, a very interesting uh, point. And and, um, I love the, like it threw a lot of people 10 years ahead and I couldn't agree more. Like, I think the, you know, uh, navigating the digital world has become like a mandatory for almost every single organization now. So even the ones that are still lagging behind, it's still, uh, it's like become such an urgent thing for them. So, uh, mashallah. So uh, let's, let's start. So, so tell me, what are some of the most important things when it comes to online fund development planning that organizations need to know? Absolutely. So from an organizational lens, um, just like anything organizations do, you need to have a plan, right? Um, I know as cliche as the sound, you guys have probably all heard this in a khutbah, but it's just like going to the gym, right? If you go to the gym and you immediately jump to the jump rack or to the bench press and you try to lift up 400 pounds, you're going to fail. Likewise, for an organization, if you just don't have any preparatory, any ideas, any planning going before getting into Ramadan, you're more likely, more likely going to fail, right? So you have to have a strategic vision and you want to cover a couple of categories. And I want to make this very simple so everyone takes this home. Number one, you need to identify what is your focus, right? Are we looking at retaining existing donors? Are we looking at expanding our brand and getting net new donors? What percentage combination of the two do we need to institute in order to have an effective Ramadan? The second thing we want to look at in prep for Ramadan is what is the best medium, right? And this is where the pandemic comes into play. Are masajids open? Are donors going to live events? Are masjids back in flow for a tarawih in person? Do I need to be there? You have to look at all of these things before you identify what's going to be the best medium, right? And a really good example of that is during the pandemic, we saw record investments in ad spend, right? Because more and more people, more and more Muslims were sitting behind their computer screens attending things virtually, right? The increase in active users on Facebook tripled in the month of Ramadan, right? There was a couple of studies that said this. So really understanding your focus, what's going to be the best medium. And the most important one is how do I get through all the noise, right? Um, As an organization, you know, you're competing against hundreds of other organizations. What is it that we can do that's going to make sure our message resonates? It goes through those 34 emails you're going to get every single day in your inbox. And how do I end up at the top of mind of every single donor who views my content? MashaAllah. Mm, uh, uh, when, when I uh, dig with you a little bit deeper, let, let's say, you know, when it, when it comes to most, how most orgs plan their Ramadan is they're just going off of kind of what's historically been done. Uh, now, obviously, the pandemic was a particular kind of shift, but they're they're thinking, look, we're going to do the first uh, tarawih, the first Saturday tarawih of Ramadan. Uh, we're going to do the first Jum'ah or the second Jum'ah. We're going to do the 27th night. Uh, and that's about it. So there's maybe a benchmark when there's and, and, and we're expecting, as we've been talking about in a few of our series, a large in-person presence this year in the organization's. How would you create a benchmark if online you either haven't been doing too well or you've never done online before? How would you create some kind of plan around that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So 
online should never be understood as replacing in-person, right? In-person fundraising from in the Muslim community always will be there and needs to always be there. It's, it's kind of a pillar within the faith itself, right? That we want that presence, we want that attachment. And, you know, the emotional appeal is, is more prominent when you can do so in person. Now, when it comes to creating a benchmark, I would do it by doing two things. Number one, assess what my online uh, reach is at the very moment, right? And my mm. suggestion there is you shouldn't be waiting till Ramadan night one. You should be engaging your audience right now, right? Most organizations with fundraising experience online have already started gauging their audience in the last six weeks. That's kind of the optimal time to start gauging the reach of your online presence. And number two, they've been scaling back their asks, right? Getting ready for Ramadan, knowing Ramadan is a time in which Muslims love to give the most. So I would really scale my reach there and understand, hey, funds raised online might be down right now, but that's almost a prerequisite before I get into Ramadan. And secondly, how can I use the limited resources I have to optimize both online and in person? Remember, online is meant to supplement everything done in person. So if I have a fundraising event coming up the first weekend of Ramadan, how can I have a goal where I raised 25 grand online, which is funds directly coming in. It's branding my event before the event even comes in. So really to me, if you can benchmark your programs with a combination of both, it's going to give you the best return. Mm, love that. So, so a team should really start by getting a gauge of uh, just like, so, so first of all, you encourage that their online strategy is a part of the fund development strategy. Meaning when you're sitting in the meetings, whether it's a board or it's the fundraising team or whatever it is, that they are thinking about what they want to do on, uh, in person and what they want to do online. So I think that's important, just having it on the radar, right? I think the second thing that you highlighted is they should start by getting a gauge of their online presence, their social media their email lists, their, uh, you know, uh, online platforms, their website, what's, you know, how much they have. Now, what if it's not, uh, so what if it's humble or what if they haven't engaged? Would you start engaging somehow between now and Ramadan? Absolutely, right? So again, like, as I said, and it comes to this, if if you're starting in Ramadan, you're you're a one Ramadan too late, right? Organizations are, are... you know, the Islamic example of our, the Sahaba of the Prophet Sallallahu so they started preparing for Ramadan. We know months in advance of Ramadan even coming, right? They started right. thinking about Ramadan as soon as Ramadan ended. Similarly, we have to start thinking, right? We look at our lessons learned, we implement, we pivot, and then we execute a strategy that inshallah is going to be one better than the last. So really these organizations, what they need to start doing is letting their, even their donors know what is it that they have on their radar for Ramadan, right? Mm. Hey guys, we're two weeks away from Ramadan. Allahumma baligna Ramadan. May Allah accept your fast. May we reach Ramadan together and remember us in your du'as and through our projects A, B, and C, right? Mm. Because remember, Ramadan comes, they're going to get 25 emails a day. But if you can say something that captivates that donor or gets something in their mind, when they see you for the second time, they're more likely going to support your project, right? I love Uh, that. Yeah. And remember, sometimes just a quick fun fact is it it takes anywhere from four to seven times of repetition for a donor to see something before they actually hit the donate button. So Mm. start building that from now. 
Okay, very good. No, that's good. That's great. That's a great uh, kind of tidbit. What? Uh, so, uh, th- th- really great, really great points, uh, Nadim. You you also mentioned cutting through the noise. So, how do you? And you're kind of talking about that messaging that needs to be with the donor. How do you suggest that orgs cut through the noise? And I guess now I think we're only talking about the online noise, right? So maybe not, you know, in person. I think that's pretty straightforward. Your masjid, your audience, your people. But how do you cut through the noise in the email space, in the online space? What, what do you what do you think needs to go into a message around that? And 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 this is what every org hopes to get, right? How do we make sure that our cause is unique? How do we make sure that when a donor sees 10 things, they remember ours? And this really comes down to the importance of the content, the copy, the delivery methodology, right? You can't just rely on emails anymore. Emails are one method, one medium that is used to drive content. It creates traffic. But to say that I'm only going to do emails isn't an effective strategy. So, you know, one of the things, you know, we kind of hinted at this before is a successful plan, you'll see the online marketing team and the in-person fundraising team are very much aligned, right? Because remember, when you organizations spend, they have a budget. They're working on a limited budget. But the organizations that are able to cut through the noise are the ones that are very strategic in the way they brand what they're doing for Ramadan. So what I mean by that is during the in-person event, you're showing ads or you're showing videos prepping projects to come online. And when you're online and you're running ads and you're showing your campaigns, you're hinting at things that are going to be in person, right? Because what are you doing? You're diversifying your audience by catering to both attendees in person, as well as those that are going to be virtual. So Mm. having that hybrid model is going to be very important. Mm. Okay. I like that. Would you change the message between online and in person? You're saying it's, it should be a different message in each, in each venue. Absolutely. So, so one of the things just like business is globalization, right? When you're talking to your online audience, there's no cap, right? If I'm Nadim Riaz sitting in Rancho Cucamonga, California, and I'm fundraising for my masjid in person, I'm talking to the people of Rancho. But the second my campaign goes online, I'm now talking to Muslims across the globe. So my message needs to change. I'm not raising money for you know, the restroom because the brother, you know, turned the restroom into slip and slide making wudu. I'm now fundraising for a masjid that supports 2,500 Muslims and wants to continue the convert program to keep Islam alive for the next forever, right? Your message changes depending on who your audience is and how do you globalize that message so anyone would want to support it. Okay, mashallah. So it's very important. So frame a message for your online community that speaks to the bigger picture. Frame the message with your in-person community or your local venue uh, in a way that speaks to them, right? So there needs to be a, a different difference there. I like that. What if um, you know a lot of institutions? Let's just talk about messages, community centers. Even if they have a lot of resources. It's usually like, okay, it's easier for us to have the imam or somebody really influential stand up and speak to the community. They know us. Uh, We can show a few slides. You can speak. They see the building, all that good stuff. How do you craft the message then 
maybe they're getting a few, you know, they're going to go to like, oh, the millennial on the board, or they're going to go to, uh, you know, a few of their marketing team, maybe they're a little bit younger, and they're going to say, okay, craft a message for us. Where would you start coaching a team that's just trying to work with, with that, with, 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 with that kind of uh, capacity? It's a great question, right? And, and you know, you, you have to understand the audience of online, right? Uh, in person, you can see the emotion, you see kind of the age demographics, who's in the room. Online, you want to assume you're uh, targeting uh, the unknown, right? So the first thing I tell people is look at your story, look at your cause, look at what you're fundraising for, and see which parts of this would relate to people who have no idea who you are, right? If, if, if you're looking to raise money for a masjid, right, and you know you're in some rural city that no one's ever heard of, I'm not going to talk about we're surrounded by great coffee shops, there's a beautiful park there for the children in the community, because now I'm not speaking to 99% of the people who I want to donate, right? I'm looking at this global audience, but rather I'd want to create a pitch that's going to resonate with any Muslim who's been to a masjid, right? right? Maybe let's say we're talking about you know, the urgency of needing funds to keep the door open. So I'll paint a story of how amazingly blessed you are as Muslims that you're able to go to your masjid in the month of Ramadan, whereas that is threatened for our community, right? So I'm speaking from the lens of what they'll understand and I'm making it global in nature, right? Hopefully that example kind of articulates that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that. So you're saying like pick something that can speak to the widest audience possible to, to message and frame. So it's, it's really important. First of all, you have that something. Uh, I like that you mentioned some examples. It could be youth. It could be reverts. It could be any initiatives that you might have. And speak, uh, you essentially create commercials for people that don't know who you are, but they're going to learn who you are really quickly to be able to donate to you. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing I'll mention there is obviously as a Muslim ummah, we always want to be honest, right? I'm also not a proponent or fan of making something sound urgent when it's not, you know, exaggeration, right? This is not something our deen encourages, nor do we in the crowdfunding space. But what I mean from a sajid's is you're not, you don't want to start a campaign, help my masjid, you know, keep the doors open, help my masjid raise operations cost. Our imam salary is X, let us get 70% of that this Ramadan. You want to speak to the world through your programs, right? Our masajid supports 127 converts. We have 58 children in the youth program. We have, you know, organizations coming every week to, to give workshops on Islamophobia, on fund development. We got Oak Tree in the house next week. You want to speak the value through the programs that you guys are actually executing. People can mm. relate to those over operations, right? You're always going to have that disclaimer or that clear transparency that the funds could be used for anything within the operations but speak through the services, not through uh, the bills, if you will. Mm, okay. Uh, what if I have a, you know, my organization just prefers in person and they're like, you know what, we're going back in person completely today. How, uh, you know, help me out. How do I convince them that in going in person is really critical? Yeah. So if an organization wants to go fully in person, you know, I tell them, you know, Bismillah, that's whatever approach you guys see fit, but now with platforms like LaunchGood, it's zero fee, right? So you have nothing to lose, right? I understand if you're paying out of pocket, you're making investment, you have to hire some high-tech marketing engineers, 
to run the page, you have platforms available now that make it so easy. They have teams of individuals ready to assist you in strategizing, and there's no cost to do it. So my question or my, you know, my counter to them would be, you're missing an opportunity, right? Um, I always tell individuals, organizations, just try it out, right? Um, if you don't think it's going to work, if you think your organization is something that only can be done online, look at the stats. How many of the new generation, you know, the, the muppies that end up giving the most donation per donation, by the way, historically, are online, right? How many of us are giving our zakat online? So really, I would point them in the direction of the newfound data and say you have nothing to lose. Mm, okay, I, I, I like that. I appreciate that. What, uh, going to that point about like amplifying a message and sometimes orgs, I think, think, well, we don't have a good media presence. Maybe I need to put money into that. Or, you know, I, I, how would I beef up my online campaign? How would I amplify the message? How do I get the word out best? What suggestions do you have around that? Absolutely. So, and again, this could be kind of a whole session on itself, but, you know, amplification of any message requires creativity, requires updating, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, donors love to support or continue to support when they see the progress of where their money is going, right? So one way organizations do that in Ramadan is as they collect funds and they hit different milestones, they update the community. Alhamdulillah, we've raised 25,000 thanks to your generous support. As a result, we've done two iftars for the community of homeless individuals in the inner city, right? You spoke to the donor, you thank them, you connected their donation to actual work and they're seeing it being done, right? They shared some photos. So speaking to your community, speaking to your network of supporters is, is a very good way to amplify that message. Number two, you can't do it alone, right? This is where you see, alhamdulillah, our imams, our shayuk, our Twitter fans, our Instagram heads, you have all these people who are good at different things, part of different networks, get them engaged, right? Whether as in a volunteer capacity, a staff capacity, the more networks you can get visible to your cause, the more you're gonna succeed, right? Uh, you know, we look at the Quran, right? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions anything usually that's in the positive, that has khair, that has benefit, it's we, it's the community. So we see the more people you make part of that, that effort, that mission, the more success you're going to find, right? So, so these are two really, really good things. And the last yeah. thing I'll say is it has to be um, attractive online, right? You, you know, the average person doesn't spend more than 20 seconds looking at a specific page. Right? Mm. What does that mean? Are words going to be more powerful or is it going to be the imagery, the 30 second profound, strong videos? So really having a good balance and understanding that. Okay. No, that, that's really important. I, uh, so would you, uh, I want to speak to that a bit. So would you pay someone to run a marketing campaign for you? Would you pay for online ads? So, so this really depends on the organizational budget, right? Um, you want to make sure you're also partnering with the right person, right? I don't believe that every cause there's just a solution. You just go to the marketplace type, I need an influencer and it works out. You want to make sure you're getting the right partnership that makes sense for your cause. So to answer your question, getting someone to run ads for you, if you don't have the capacity yourself, hundred percent, it makes sense because ads allow you to target specific types of donors that are most likely to support your work. 
right? So you're not just kind of cold targeting randoms. You're really focusing on donors that are most likely to support your cause. Paying for marketing services, 100%. I would advise it. I would suggest it because remember, everybody has access to a different network. And if you're able to market your campaign, your story to a market you don't already have, you're just going to grow your donor database. You're going to expand your story, which inshallah is going to lead to more donations as well. Yeah. Okay. Love that. And, and, and you would, you spoke a little bit about ambassadors and influencers. What do you mean by that? And are you talking about people within our current org or, uh, or, or kind of within our, uh, team, or are you even talking about reaching out to people outside of that? And how do you know when to do that? Absolutely. So you always want to start from within, right? Alhamdulillah, we don't realize many times organizations have superstars and we don't even utilize them to their capacity. Um, you know, I remember at my days at CARE or Islamic Relief or any of the organizations I've been a part of, we, you know, we'd have hundreds of volunteers participate. And every now and then there was a volunteer that ended up raising more money than an influencer that all of us know, right? So you have to start from within because there's nothing more valuable or contagious than someone who's passionate about what we're doing, right? Mm. Passion supersedes network. Yeah, right? can you speak to that a little bit? How, how do you take advantage of the most of the people within your team then? Yeah, so, it's, so it starts by valuing them, to be very honest, right? If you're an organization and you don't reach out to volunteers, you don't have you know, hangouts and food meetups and coffee and chats with them throughout the year, don't expect them to show up on day one Ramadan and you know, spam their entire network for your cause, right? Volunteers require investment, right? Talk to any volunteer who's been with an organization more than one year. They'll list an array of things they've done for them throughout the years. They'll talk about the projects they've been a part of. They've talked about the thank you emails they get when they volunteer. It's a, it's a, it's a mutual relationship, right? Um, unfortunately, in the community nowadays, um, and again, I don't mean to call on any specific org. We have this mindset where it's Ramadan as a Muslim, you have to help, right? Um, it's part of our faith that you, you need to give your time for the sake of Allah or do this fi sabilillah. And that's great. But to use that as a guilt trip to get someone to do something for you is not the right approach. So you have to invest in them. You need to show them the transparency of the, of the work that you're doing. And you need to make them feel part of the team, right? That, in, in many cases, volunteers are the reasons organizations survive. So, you know, making that volunteer feel honored and dignified and, and part of the team. I love that. So the pre, just the appreciation, galvanizing them, you know, that, that's really critical before, before you get them to spread your campaign and spread the message. Uh, but then they can, right? But then you do want to get a, a team of your own volunteers, you know, kind of creating this momentum of a campaign, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where you can really gamify the experience, right? Um, one of the most common things organizations do on LaunchGood is they have leaderboards, right? Alhamdulillah, Islam encourages healthy competition, especially when it's striving you towards good, right? And I'll give you an example. You know, top five fundraisers this Ramadan, you know, uh, get a cool swag sweatshirt and, you know, we're going to send you on our next trip to see the work in progress, right? Nice. Or, that sounds like school fundraising. I know my kids do that. Yeah, with, absolutely. With candy all the work? time. Yeah, it it does, of course. Kids get super exactly. Families get super motivated. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, at the end of the day, we have to understand our volunteers, whether they're kids or adults, they're investing their time. Right? They're investing their time. They're investing their 
there's an opportunity cost for them to commit to that. And as an organization, the more we value that, the more we award them for those efforts, the more they're going to stick around and, and shall I help grow that organization. Mashallah, that, that's a pretty new feature. Can you speak to that? How LaunchGood leverages that? So every every individual has kind of their unique uh, link uh, that they can send out and then you can track through there for one specific campaign? So there's a bunch of ways to do it. One way is we can create custom links, right? LaunchGood.com slash Rami. So that way there's thousands of donations going into the campaign, but we're able to track how many came from yourself using your link. The other way to do it is called a community page. You can create, let's say, you know, Rami for uh, Oak Tree Institute this Ramadan. And within that community page, you have 40 different sub pages of volunteers who are all raising money for Oak Tree. But when they share their page, they have their own page. So it's Rami for Oak Tree. So I can personalize it. I can add my own quotes on there. I can put a hadith on there to really make it resonate with my audience. And then the cool thing, whatever route you go, we can create a leaderboard, right? Where not only are you guys fundraising and everyone has their own page, it becomes a fun experience because now you're able to compete with one another towards raising funds for a good cause. MashaAllah. Love that. Absolutely love that. I, I really encourage people to, to be able to leverage that, uh, especially if you are and you should um, kind of like give something nice to the, the winners, the top three, top five, whatever it is. Uh, I think that that creates a healthy, as you mentioned, like that healthy kind of, it's not just healthy competition. It's, it's healthy, uh, you know, kind of culture that we're all really in this and we want to just see who does the best job. Uh, I think if you can't measure something, you can't really track its progress or success. We talked about that uh, in the last session that we had around your own personal goals. So I think that's, that's really important, right? That, that there's this kind of healthy uh, spirit of, of, of teamwork around us. Absolutely. No, I couldn't, couldn't have said it my better myself. Yeah. Mashallah. Uh, then we talked about getting an, an influencer. Um, how does an org know when to get an influencer? So, so this is, you know, just like you're an organization and you know you need a new staff member. This is where you really need to identify the right fit. Um, now, alhamdulillah, in our community, we have, you know, just looking at North America, we're very blessed with a lot of you know, uh, Islamic scholars and shayuk and sheikhs, all that are willing to promote organizations doing good work. And alhamdulillah, they're very blessed with large networks. And again, fundraising is all about scale. The more people you can get your campaign, your story in front of, the more likely you are to get donations. So looking for ambassadors, looking for um, influencers who can help drive your message to more individuals will increase your fundraising. Um, how do you know you need one? Honestly, anyone can benefit from one. Whether you're looking to raise 10,000 or a million dollars, you can benefit from an influencer, but you wanna look at a couple of things. Number one, does that influencer align with my cause, right? Is this an influencer that only does education? Now suddenly I want them to raise for my startup. Doesn't really match up. It's not gonna make sense. Might even hurt my brand. I'm going outside of the scope of what my donors are used to. It doesn't look natural. So number one is looking for that fit. Number two is making sure the influencer aligns with your ethics of your organization. Let's say you're an organization and you don't want to pay funds out of donations received, right? You want to make sure that's communicated clearly. Let's say you're an organization and all of your marketing budgets go into online ads, but now you have to allocate some of that toward the expense some of the influencers may charge you, right? So again, understanding 
how is it going to work for that organization and making sure the fit is mutual. Yeah, no, I love that. I, 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 I love particularly the first part, being aligned with someone that speaks to your cause. Uh, ideally, they know you. Like, I, I would assume there's some kind of good relationship there that you have. I know at times that there isn't at all. But I, I would, I would hope, assume, like we talk about volunteers, I don't talk about donors. We talk about, hey, you got to be nurturing these relationships ongoing, that there's some kind of strong relationship that's nurtured, right? Yeah, absolutely, right? So in some cases, you have some, you'll know them, right? Obviously, you have a prior relationship. There's rapport. There's trust. Um, you're aware of what their capacity and ability is. Likewise, they're aware of yours. But honestly, in most cases, it's really the it's actually beautiful, right? There's a lot of influencers that I came to be connected to because of our common love for a specific project, right? Let's say, for example, someone's very passionate about supporting Yemen in Ramadan, right? And you'll see there's a whole sphere of people where they're focused, they love working for Yemen, and anyone else who has that passion automatically becomes, you know, a friend to them. So I think primary, the focus is on the cause itself, and then really just you know, creating that relationship and making sure it's mutual. Love it. Mashallah. Um, tell me a little bit around, uh, I guess we could talk about, you know, some of the security concerns because at times, you know, dealing with virtual fundraising, uh, particularly, I, I know we, we trained an org uh, a, a few months ago back. Uh, they were doing a lot of collection off Venmo, um, you know, things of that sort. Tell us about the security and the importance of that when it comes to just collecting off Venmo versus a validated platform? Absolutely. It's a great question. So, so, so number one, you know, and uh, I'm going to quote Warren Buffett here is it takes 20 years to build a reputation, but only five minutes to ruin it. Right. And the same thing applies to online fundraising. You can be the most trusted, vetted, largest nonprofit in America. But if you get one negative piece of feedback or fraud or something flagged in your online space, you could really tarnish that reputation you spent so long building. So on platforms, the benefit of using one centralized stream platform is the compliance and security, right? Um, for example, on LaunchGrid, not a single donor can make a donation, nor can a campaign creator launch a campaign and go live without a certain level of auditing, security, compliance check, right? Our team is very strict in that because it's an amana, right? We serve our organizations to make sure trusted donors support them. And we support our donors by making sure they can come to launchgood.com and comfortably support a charity, knowing the funds are going to go to what that page says. Um, that's number one. Number two, when you have a broken uh, approach, you're collecting on LaunchGood, you got a GoFundMe up, you got Venmo going on, you got Zelle. You got, you know, meet me outside of Burger King, right? When you have all these different approaches going on, it it lacks the trust that donors are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. How are you tracking all this? My, I don't get a receipt on Venmo. I, I get receipts here. Like, it's just messy, right? So when you can streamline your efforts, not only is it more secure and trusted, but the biggest thing is you can create momentum, right? Mm-hmm. If all your don- donations are going into one platform, you're going to trend on that platform. Your donation amount is going to be higher, which is going to increase your success. And, and the fees? Can you speak to the fees, please? Because I, I know yeah, we hear is, that a lot. Yep. This is my favorite question now. It used to be a difficult one, but zero fees, right? So, and, and just to be very transparent, the only fees associated when you use a platform like, let's say, LaunchGood, for example, is the 2.9% credit card fee, which you're going to pay anytime there's a credit card transaction. Other than that, there's no fees. 
right? LaunchGrid doesn't charge a platform fee um, and to use us to get the support, to get the strategy, to get connected to influencers, there's no cost. Okay, that's very important for people to know. Uh, I I would make a bigger I would make a bigger campaign uh, around that, Nadim. Not not that y'all haven't done a great job. I think normally, and I remember, you know, usually these fees get covered a lot of times by the donors. Like donors are really not like you know they're not holding up because of a little bit. But uh, mashallah, y'all have shifted very recently. I know because to that, so people should know that there is no fees to use LaunchGood as a platform. And there's a high level of, um, uh, you know, security reasons to leverage, uh, as you mentioned, rather than collecting money here or there, it's just dispersed across many different accounts for many different people. And will they give it? Will they not? Uh, that it's really centralized in one area. Absolutely. And then just to add one more thing there, right? The other benefits of using a centralized platform is donor retention, right? So when donors make a donation on LaunchGrid, you know, that information gets captured. And then as an organization, you can then use that donor information to steward them moving forward, right? Making sure that they um, not only see this one project, but they see all your future projects as well. MashaAllah. Uh, love it. Um, anything else? Anything else like tips or tricks or like the best campaigns and what's made them super successful? Anything else you want to add? Absolutely. So um very important if you're doing an online fundraiser, online campaign that you understand over 80% of donors are donating from their mobile platform. A lot of times we create our campaign on our 26 inch MacBook, you know, Mac at home, and it looks great, but we forget to look how it looks on a phone, right? Pictures are being cut off. The giving levels are not clear. It takes three scrolls to get to the main meat of the campaign. Always optimize for mobile first, secondary look at how it looks on a desktop. Wow. Yeah. 80%, 80%. So over 80%. Yeah. So very important. Actually, I would, so you're saying start by designing to mobile, then think about what the site, the other site looks like. Absolutely. Yep. When it comes to online stories, the the second thing I'll say is the story has to be captivating, right? Uh, A stat that I mentioned earlier is some, most donors don't spend more than 20 seconds on the page. So that means you don't want to start your page with the historical data of your company and who your CEO is and you know how you started in this state and you moved to this state, you wanna start with the objective. Help us fund this project, this Ramadan ABC, right? Get to the point first before you go into the historical background. Assume a donor is not gonna swipe more than once, right? Okay. If you build a page with that in mind, you're gonna get optimized performance. Okay, mashallah. Very good, very good tips and tricks. Any other tips and tricks? The other tip and trick is is, is you got to have that team, right? The most successful campaigns, they have a team, right? You get three, four, five, 10, 100. The more people you get part of your project, the more visibility you're getting, right? You're getting out to a larger network and that momentum just builds on itself. Yeah, a lot of the platforms, sh- go ahead. Yeah, meaning you're talking about not just the, uh, people on the campaigns, but the shares, the likes, the engagements, things of that sort. Absolutely. You know, LaunchGood has a cool feature where when you share a campaign, it shows you the impact of your share. You can track that. As a result of your share, Nadim, you've raised an additional $658. And that's truly beautiful, right? As a Muslim, when you go and you see, hey, I might have only donated $10, but my $10 led to $2,400 in donations, right? So 
the, the, the power of sharing is huge. And mm. the more you can get a team behind you, the more likely you're going to get success. And sometimes donors become the biggest teammates, right? Because mm. they've supported, they've seen the support and how it's spent. And now they become a long-term fan of the organ and end up being a volunteer. MashaAllah. Love it. Um, uh, anything. Uh, so uh, what, what drives people to enjoy fundraising? Uh, and, and you can speak to this generally in person, online, like to you, what, what, what helps people really enjoy the process of fundraising? Cause it can be very stressful. It can be very challenging. It can be very difficult, uh, full of stress, full of pressure as well. Uh, tell me kind of your, your perspective on that. So you know, in the Muslim community, fundraising has kind of two stigmas, right? Some people, you know, it's, it's we love doing it. It's an amana. Um, you know, and then the other side of that is also, you know, I, I remind myself constantly that I'm very blessed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put me in a position where I'm asking for others, right? May Allah keep us all away from a position where we have to ask. But honestly, it's an honor that I'm able to get up, talk to fellow Muslims, non-Muslims, and help, you know, bring people off the streets, provide food, or give voice to the voiceless, right? So really, truly, firstly, I remind myself and everyone that it's, it's an honor. Um, the other side of it is you have to understand um, when it comes to fundraising, um, there's a way to do it, right? There's a way, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. You never want to be so in their face. You shouldn't have to force people to give, but really it should come out very organically, right? Um, and this is why getting ready for Ramadan is so important. We know our Muslim community holds off to give in Ramadan, right? We know that on launch good, out of 100% of the zakah we collect all year, 78% of it comes in the month of Ramadan. It's a massive number, right? And another stat, just to reference, just to kind of put a scale, is last year, the number of unique donations on the platform was 1,050,000 unique donations came in just through the 29, 30 days of Ramadan. So when we know this traffic is there, it's important that we prepare for it. Um, and then the last thing I'll kind of say about fundraising is it's, it's a struggle, right? I mean, a lot of causes are out there that need our support, a lot of individuals, massages, and then unfortunately you have some amazing causes that don't get the visibility that some of these larger causes do. But my, my message to them is persistence, consistency. You have to have a good story. You have to sustain, you have to grow that network and you'll see the fundraising will become easier gradually. Mashallah. I, I really appreciate that. Mashallah, man. Uh, really wonderful. I mean, a- anybody that is listening to this that has a marketing team or a fund development team should send them, uh, I think, this episode. Uh, I think uh, they've you, you've shared a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight and uh, really a lot of things that orgs should be using. Like this has this has got to become like an oblig- obligatory part of being ready for Ramadan. Um, anything in terms of how the launch good, and I want you to speak about launch good a little bit and maybe some of the initiatives that y'all have running this Ramadan that are unique. Uh, how can people, other than you know, uh, using the platform, is there anything else that y'all work or help or support orgs with? Absolutely. I no, appreciate it. So, so launch good is a year round crowdfunding platform, right? We, we want to help organizations, individuals, uh, massages, companies, for-profit, non-profit, we want to help them raise funds in a trusted, secure, and easy manner. Um, fundraising online pre-pandemic was complicated, right? You have to run ads, you have to 
build all this HTML code out. You need custom designers for your imagery. LaunchGood is here to kind of make it easy, right? Um, our test for that is, you know, we go to individuals who don't go online often and we get them to try to make a launch good. Is our process so seamless that anybody can make a campaign? So this Ramadan, like every Ramadan, we have exclusive offerings. Um, one really cool one that I, I really want to emphasize is we have something called the Ramadan referral program. And basically launch goods goal is no matter how small it is in Ramadan, don't miss out on the deeds, the goodness, give something. So if you can get people to sign up for even a dollar a day for X number of days, launch is going to give your campaign a hundred dollars per referral. So, so my, my sales pitch here is raise money before Ramadan without collecting a single donation, right? You're literally sharing within your network and getting people to join goodness by giving even a dollar a day. And then in return, you're making a hundred dollars to your organization and it's uncapped. You can get a hundred referrals. You can get a thousand referrals. You'll then get paid to your organization. Um, the second value of, of, of Ramadan on launch grid is, is our team, right? And I would say, honestly, this is the biggest value add that our platform gives is we have a team of certified experts in fundraising who are available 24 hours a day. We have a global team to get a page up, to make sure it's strategic, that it's going to make sense for your donors and that you're able to set yourself up for success in Ramadan. Um, we also have other promotions. We have marketing packages that are paid for where LaunchGood can help amplify your voice and network. And then we have a daily leaderboard. So every single day of Ramadan, we track two categories, most supporters and most donors. And every day we award out $5,000 for first place and it goes down from there. Collectively throughout Ramadan, we're giving out $2 million. So a lot of fun Mashallah. stuff and uh, open for all. Mashallah. May Allah bless y'all. Mashallah. Keep up the great work. I mean, uh, just a tremendous platform grown, grown uh, uh, so much over the years. And I think such an extremely important tool, uh, I think our, our, uh, our organizations, particularly in the Muslim community, should be leveraging more and more. Um, I really appreciate it, man. Zakh it's very, you know, uh, lots of tremendous knowledge. I hope that it can be of benefit to everybody. How soon should, should people be launching their campaigns already? Uh, would would you say like everybody should kind of have their campaign up and running by uh, a week or two before Ramadan? Every organization kind of has their own flow and kind of their insight there, but I would highly recommend a little bit before Ramadan, you know, four to five days at least, if not sooner, uh, to get some momentum, get some donations in, uh, allow donors to start seeing the projects. Um, in the last two years, this is a cool stat, more and more donors give their donation in Ramadan during the first seven days. Um, mm. It used to be a lot of people wait for the last 10 nights. They wait for the 27th night. Uh, there was actually a 34% increase in the amount of donations given within the first 10 days. So mm. what data tells us is that means people are already looking before Ramadan of where they're going to give in Ramadan. So if you're mm. live, you know, that added time, that added visibility is going to help. Yeah, absolutely. It, get live. Uh, uh, absolutely. Mashallah. Zakh um, bro. Really appreciate the time. May Allah bless you and bless uh, everybody that's listening. May Allah bless this Ramadan for us. Uh, allow this Ramadan to be one of the most successful, beneficial to our lives and, and to allow us to be forgiven of our sins and elevated in our ranks, inshallah ta'ala. Really appreciate it. Zakh Give our salams to everybody uh, within the Launchka team. Uh, hoping that everybody on, on that's listening to this uh, benefited, inshallah ta'ala, and, and we hope and pray uh, to see you in future trainings and kind of for future uh, episodes during the month of Ramadan. 
بارك الله فيكم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Thank you for listening to this episode of the Oak Tree Institute podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to be notified of our new episodes and please leave us a rating. We would like to invite you to join our Facebook group we have called Servant Leaders. This group is exclusively for nonprofit leaders and organizers like yourself. And it's a growing community where we post helpful articles, videos, strategies, and tips that can take you and your organization to the next level. Check the show notes below for the link and join us today. Also, if you benefited from this episode, do us a favor, take a screenshot and post it on your social media channels and tag Oak Tree Institute. We thank you for listening and we hope that you'll listen to our next episode.